0: Hello, and welcome to the third, officially the third episode of the Penn State College Democrats. But hello, my name is Tom Sarabach, it is March 15th, right, yes, guys? is. I'm here with O'Neill Kennedy, who is the secretary of our club, as well as Derek, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, I don't want to mess it up. Mangus. Mangus? Yeah. Okay. Derek Mangus,
1: our social chair. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing okay. Doing great. Happy to be on the on the pod. That's this good. is Derek's
2: first episode. I'm very excited for him. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so what were the topics, O'Neill, that we were planning on covering on this?
2: So the first thing we want to talk about, sort of in chronological order. So the first thing is the firing of now former Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. So, um he wasn't a good Secretary of State. You know, he really didn't hire the necessary people needed at um, um, the Department of State for, you know, all the different functions. You know, they have a lot of, you could maybe argue that the departments are all too big, but there are various undersecretaries and assistant undersecretaries for different issues and for different regions of the world. And, you know, a lot there have been a lot of profiles in recent months of, what it's like at the Department of State now, and everybody's saying literally that morale is low and that people are very unhappy and they're overworked or don't have enough work because Rex Tillerson hasn't set any priorities. So um,
0: you say morale is low about the whole United States government, though, the morale or is low. My whole morale is low. Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> Not doing well. Um, so he was fired via yeah, tweet. Via via tweets from <laughs> President Donald J. Trump. Um, and that is how Rex Tillerson found out about it. And only three hours later, did Donald Trump call him and tell him oh. over the phone that he was fired.
0: That's a good way to find out.
2: Yeah, that's great. It's yeah. very professional.
0: I mean, Comey saw it on TV.
2: Comey, <laughs> I saw it. I probably at the same second that James Comey yeah. saw it. I was at a, That was crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean James Comey though he was asking for it. So no. Um, so what do you? So I know O'Neill said uh, kind of like the secretary while well, the state the secretary department the state department i'm
2: saying that too
0: was um understaffed i don't know what you guys think necessarily about like the overall performance of rex leading into now like do you think for a donald trump cabinet member he was not necessarily successful but like do you think he had valuable work do you think he contributed
1: so i think that um i think he's one of the more dignified members of the cabinet but I think that he was an awful secretary of state. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As far as qualifications go, almost none of the people in the cabinet are actually qualified to do what yep. they're doing. And really. he wasn't qualified. He did have a really successful successful career. He was the CEO of which one was Excellent. it? Exxon. Yeah. Um yeah. And, you know, that, that job does entail dealing with some foreign relations Especially issues. Russia. Especially so, Russia. Yeah. Um, it's a very high-powered, important job. That doesn't translate necessarily into being Secretary of State. You know, usually that role is fulfilled by somebody who, you know, somebody who's been a senator for a very long time and sat on the Foreign Relations Committee. Yeah, John Kerry sort of person. John McCain probably would have made a great Secretary. Well, they they
0: interviewed Mitt Romney, and like I'm not a Mitt Romney fan, but he's smart. He's smart. He's been in politics. Like I, I feel like like having experience setting up and running the Olympics means like you can understand and deal with foreign countries.
1: And he's just okay. a he's a statesman.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's like that's the thing. And I Max guess
2: Tillerson isn't. The business and diplomacy don't really go hand Absolutely. in hand necessarily.
0: Yeah,
2: and that's not his fault. And maybe you know, sorry to interrupt. When Donald Trump offered him a job, either his ego was such that he just wanted to take it and thought he deserved it, or he thought, look at these other Yahoos in the cabinet. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not the typical guy for this, but maybe I won't do a terrible job. But he's probably smart. He's probably nice enough. I don't like that he has the order of friendship from Putin. That makes me uncomfortable. Um, But, you know, as far as secretaries of state go, I have no... It's very hard to tell what he's been working on. And his statements would clash with the president's. Yeah. There was no cohesive message.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm going to go at it with by uh, saying that I think that Tillerson was one of the better patriots in the cabinet. Um, I think that he was chosen because of his business past, but um, once he became secretary, he kind of uh, divested from all that.
0: Yeah. I think that, not to disagree, right? and this is like almost disagreeing, but the one thing I would say, it kind of throws a wrench. So if you think about it, we mentioned Rex Taylor's connections with Russia, order of friendship, working with Exxon. He's a lot of experience with like Rosneft and other mm-hmm. Russian oil companies, which are like their whole economy. Yeah. I mean, and I thought it, I think it goes to show that even though like Rex Tillerson is connected with Russia, like the pattern for the Trump cabinet is it doesn't matter if you're a nationalist or what your ideology is. If you're pro-business, if you're pro-Russia, um, I feel like in the end, if you like look at Rex Tillerson's firing, as like he's not competent, but a more competent member. It, I think it it shows because he's somebody who like called Trump a moron and all this other
1: stuff. That, oh,
2: I forgot you know, about that. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: That's like I related there might, to Rex. There. there might have been another word in there, too.
2: <laughs> which we are not going to yeah, say because okay. this is a dignified, it's a sophisticated... It's a children it's a listening show. to this. Um, but, yeah, and I mean, he has ties to Russia in some ways, but I'm, I wouldn't call him a colluder. Absolutely. No, he's he's no, not no. one of... He wasn't involved in the campaign, and you know I don't think he would know anything about what Donald Trump might have done with Russia right. lately. Things that we don't know about, things that are a little bit you know, off the books. But yeah. you know, he's not a colluder. He's not trying... He's not putting Russia above us. He's yeah, just, right. Friendly to them. and but, Okay.
0: Yeah. I think it goes to show that just like Trump wants a cabinet of people that are just like nice to him and that are yes men. Like he doesn't yeah. care what their actual politics are yeah. and they don't really care that it's like they're just there to be nice to Trump and make him feel good.
2: And that gets back to the whole reason why did Trump fire him? Because there are two competing theories. The first is that um, Rex Tillerson was taking a slightly or a different stance on how to deal with North Korea than Donald Trump was at least publicly. It wasn't really – their messages and their ideas weren't really matching up while people would point this out. And there's also the idea, which I think is probably the reason, even though apparently this firing um, might have been thought of a few days in advance. Um, So Russia, it is suspected that a while ago, Russian agents somehow used a nerve poison –
0: no, it's not suspected. Well, well it's,
2: it's, it's suspected, it's, it's, but uh, the
1: UK has condemned them
2: publicly yeah, at the UN, the them, United
1: the States, whole, and everybody the, else. There's no, used, like,
2: we don't used, know. Yeah.
1: They used a specific nerve agent that's kind of like the signature way. It's their whole assassination.
2: Also polonium. For. Yeah. They like that too. But to finish the sentence, there was a um, former Russian spy living in the United Kingdom, and he and his grown daughter um went out in public and they were poisoned with a nerve agent. Other people in the general vicinity not at all relating to them or affiliated with them were also poisoned. And as Derek said, this is their whole enough. This is how Russia yeah. likes to take yeah. out former spies and people they don't like. Um and the UK has gone after them and has condemned them. Everybody knows it's them and Donald Trump didn't want to say anything. But Tillerson was like, yeah, it was yeah. them. You suck.
1: Yeah. Um so <laughs> I think, day later he was fired. I think another important um, piece of context in the whole uh Russia' explanation for the Tillerson firing is that on February 28th, Exxon, this is according to the New York Times, Exxon decided to scrap the deal with Russian-owned oil giant Rosneft. This is a deal that was agreed to in while Tillerson was CEO of ExxonMobil and was uh, stopped by the 2014 sanctions yeah. after the Crimea yeah. invasion. And this isn't just any deal. This deal could have had Billion, like hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars in profit for the Russian government, uh, Igor Session, mm-hmm. who's a leader of Exxon and a Putin-connected ally. Um, so that deal fell through on February 28. And then last Friday, John Kelly calls Trump and says, look, there's going to be a tweet coming
2: or I think was it was not the other he way called around Tell, he calls Tillerson Trump, or, yeah. or he called Tillerson yeah, Kelly, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what, that's what I meant yeah. I said I thought yeah. it was a few it was premeditated by a yep. few days Kelly Tillerson yeah. Tillie there's gonna be a. Yeah. there's gonna be a tweet you call Tillie yeah. maybe they call each other Tillie maybe they're friends I, I, I they hope know. if I was a secretary of
0: state and somebody called me Tillie I would have them fired like Condi
1: nobody yeah. did people call her Condi
2: well not like I don't know if they call her that to her face I but feel I, like I refer to her as Condi Rice
1: Um. but yeah so he gets that call on Friday refuses to resign and then comes out with this statement on the Russia um, assassination in the UK and then is fired. Yeah. Um, if you ask me, this is purely speculation. The entire reason that he was secretary of state was to get those sanctions lifted and get that Rosneft deal yeah. done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to, the thing about the sanctions, as you said, that they, not only did they like hurt Rosneft specifically and some American companies, but Russia's entire backbone is oil especially the entire economy. And the reality is whenever you apply the sanctions to Russia, that their economy is just done, which is why the ruble suffered so so bad. It's why their military had to, they were still increasing funding, but they're increasing funding less than they wanted to. Um, And and yeah, I think the whole thing with Tillerson is to get the sanctions lifted. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And then I think it gets into like an interesting debate over um, whether Tillerson knew that was his job and just didn't do it. And did that out of That'd be of <laughs> interesting if they
2: were using this coronavirus. Th- I
1: think man he, I think he knew th- I don't know if he knew that was his job. He might
0: have but I think figured. he wanted to do that. Like okay. I don't know if that he knew like, hey Russia really wants me to do this or tell me to do this. I think he like Tillerson's own interests and interests in Exxon, etc., make him want to do that. Gotcha.
2: That'd be very interesting to find out. Like, I would love to talk to him and be like, why did you take this job? Yeah, like, what were, personally. be honest with me, like, what were your motivations? Because as I said before, he wasn't qualified. He's smart enough to know that he's not really right. qualified unless he has a massive ego of, like, everybody else in this cabinet. So.
0: I mean, I don't know. My thing is that, like, yeah, he might have known he's not qualified, but, like, I'm not qualified. And if somebody's like, hey, you want to be Secretary of State? I'm like, hell yeah. Let's yeah, go. I'd be
2: like, I'll be Secretary of State. I yeah. speak a little bit of German. I'm Secretary of the College
0: O'Neill would say I'm Secretary of the College of Democrats at Penn mm-hmm. State. Secretary. Secretary, I could be Secretary, Secretary of State. You're kind of already Secretary. Secretary of State. Oh,
2: thanks. In a way. I sent some emails. It's my whole job.
0: Yeah. Secretary I mean, you Dennis. failed at Benghazi, though. So. Okay. Uh yeah,
2: I did a terrible job. It's so, my fault.
0: I want to move on to what do you guys think about Pompeo? Like, what do you think he'll do a good job? I know his background's in the military and CIA, which makes me nervous because I just in general don't like the militarization of the government. I don't like when Generals like you can't make your whole entire cabinet generals, like John Kelly and him. And I think that leads to like authoritarianism and like it's bad. It's
2: a worrying trend. I mean you know, I said business doesn't transit to diplomacy. Intelligence doesn't always correspond to CIA intelligence. Diplomacy, excuse me, but it's better.
0: I don't know The the CIA is, like... He can
2: find some more countries on a map. Like, that's that's a plus.
0: (laughs) I think him and Tillerson are both smart people. But the thing is, like, with the CIA in general, like, their main role in other countries is, like, assassinating leaders and stuff, so... Yeah, the
2: CIA is what we use when we almost... When we can't use diplomacy or we don't want to even try.
0: But, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just interested to see how he will do... My thing is, like, I, I don't necessarily think he'll be fired or he'll be a loose cannon or whatever under Trump. But I, I think, think it'll be, be a loose no. I think it'll be a similar thing to Tillerson, where he just doesn't really get anything done. He's just yeah. kind of there to fill the
1: role. I'm interested in if he even gets confirmed. Oh um, yeah, I know Rand Paul. I
0: think is yeah, Rand, Rand Paul's which yeah, is fascinating. And
1: that's that's 49. If Doug Jones and the rest of the
0: Democrats, yeah, I say Doug Jones because he's he's ten to flips and Manchin. Yeah. Man, those guys. And Manchin, I guess, and Jones are both coming for re election in conservative states and they the thing I think that might go through their heads is if we oppose him, we're we could get slaughtered in the general because people are gonna say they're like stupid, they're liberal, they're right. they don't they're against just like obstructionists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're obstructionists that's the perfect word. So and, and it, the thing with Pompeo is I don't think he'll hurt necessarily or he'll do worse than Tillerson was doing. Um, so it's one of those things where, like, if I was Manchin or Jones and I had a general election come up in 2018 in a conservative state, I might vote yes. Mm-hmm. But I'd be interested to see, yeah, if you guys
2: Right. Yeah. So that'll be something to look forward to. The next thing that um, we put on the docket for today is the special election in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I have to give a shout-out to our political affairs chair, Sarah. Perkinson, I was going to shout-out Sarah, too. an angel face <laughs> yeah, and she is did currently a great job. abroad. She went abroad today. I'll tell you guys where later. I don't want to expose her whole life on the podcast. But, yeah, no, I was going to shout but her she out, too. Was, yeah, she was working with the Connor Lamb campaign. She's probably the reason why he won.
0: Yeah, it. Was, it was 100 votes. That, that was Larry. the final number with all the absentees counted. It was like is 145 really? votes.
1: Oh, my God. down, Sarah. We should shout-out uh, Larissa Schweitzer, the yes. Senate County Democratic mm-hmm. Committee both from out. around here yeah. both
2: have been involved with Center County Democratic Committee and with College Democrats They're I was going to say a shout out
0: to Center County Young Dems in general I know uh, really? Laurel Shadel went and just in general they sound like a lot of people at Pittsburgh um, there's also well, former members yeah. former members of the College Democrats shout out to them you know who you are <laughs> um, <laughs> but in general yeah that was really good I got my phone back in for an hour which doesn't really count because everybody I called already voted but yeah
2: it's okay yeah, I was it's so important to
1: do yeah.
2: Um, so this was such a nail biter. I was busy a lot of that day. It was Capital Day, and there was a lot of different stuff going on. But around nine p.m., I was finally back in my room, and I got to go on New York Times and look at it. I was like, "Holy mother of God! Yeah. This is insane!" Like at one point, it was ninety five votes yeah. apart. Oh my God! I was so anxious.
0: Yeah, the, the I was at um, a meeting for another club, and someone behind me whispers like. Lamb won, and it was like nine or eight thirty or something. And I'm like, oh, he did. I guess he won. And then, like, I look later, he's like, we can't call it. A lot of the major
1: networks didn't call it until
0: Wednesday. Yeah, like, like yeah. noon or something yeah. Wednesday, which is crazy to me, especially because like the Pennsylvania Democrats called it, and Connor Lamb yeah. won, didn't. He kind of called it too, so that's kind of weird. But
2: yeah, it was really great to see because Connor Lamb's an interesting sort of candidate. He's a Democrat, and people. A lot of people keep saying that he ran as if he was Donald Trump, and that's insane because this guy supports universal health care um, and other stuff like that. Um, he's
0: personally pro-life, but, but he he's said he's pro-choice But he's pro-choice for
2: others. There's a campaign ad with him on an AR-15, you know, to each his own. Because this is the thing, you know, well, who are we supposed to support if we want to take back the House and yes. the Senate? Do we want really progressive people all the time and we do not compromise or do we want to allow for some like regional variety yeah
0: my thing too is like, people said like oh he's weak on gun control he's super liberal people and the thing that kind of is dumb because if you look at what he actually said he said I support background checks and like waiting periods and all this other stuff I just mm-hmm. don't want to ban a specific form of rifle because I personally didn't like that
2: which like okay yeah. that's a, that's a right. good that's, comment yeah. I talked about it before that's a decent compromise it's a lot yeah.
0: better than what
1: we
2: have currently yes it is yeah. and that's what's most important
0: I know I understand why some people worry because if you look at certain people like Doug Jones that we voted in and it was a big celebration, uh, like he again has gotten to the Senate and he's been kind of more neutral – so, like, it's interesting to see Like, I understand yeah, the sentiment. Hard. But, yeah, he's definitely running as a Democrat 100%. Mm-hmm. And he's super pro-union, which is, like, a, a base Democratic value that I think people forget.
2: support immediately of a $15 minimum wage.
0: Right. But, I mean, like, personally, neither of them are yeah, In that area. In that area. In that area, that would yeah, be. Yeah. Like, been, I, maybe, like, an $11 one or something. Like, I don't think $15, especially in the area, with the lower cost of living that's there, like, would personally. You know, like, I can understand, but, yeah.
2: So it was really just it was heartening because again it was very close and we have to remember that. You know, Doug Jones won, but that was pretty close too. Connor Lamb won, but it was just by a razor's edge. We can't just think, Oh, the blue wave is happening. We don't have to do no. anything. No. Phone bank, register yeah. to vote, register yeah. other people to vote, yell at them until they vote, hold their hand and take them to the polls. Call and vote. people
1: until they swear at you on the phone and tell them yeah. until you stop calling. And mm-hmm. an election like this just shows more than anything how important organizing actually is. Yes. Yeah. And then get all the vote effort.
2: Thank um, you, Sarah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That was me snapping. Um, another interesting thing that I, that I found about this race is that uh, Lamb actually opposes Pelosi as I, the leader. I oppose Pelosi. Pelosi. So do I. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, supporting Democratic candidates that feel that way is going to be important in taking back the yeah.
0: Well, my thing is Pelosi herself, much like Hillary Clinton, and I don't mean to speak ill of either of them because I think personally, they're like not my personal opinion, but I think – like, if you look at their personality, if you look at what they've done, they're fine. But in the media, especially conservative media, whenever they don't know what to do, they're just like Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen so many Connor Lamb ads because I'm from the Pittsburgh area that literally just like Connor Lamb is best friends with Nancy Pelosi. Right.
2: Which doesn't make any sense.
0: Which, yeah, it, it's stupid because as Derek said, he does, said he like is against her. But yeah, it's just like when you're so vilified to the American population in general, like Maybe, maybe you shouldn't be necessarily the leader of
1: the party. And something I found funny is that um, after 2016, everyone was worried that the Democrats would make every race a national race and use it as a referendum on Donald Trump. But the there Republican is. go-to uh, strategy has been to tie every single Democratic candidate to Pelosi or Shea. Yeah, they're and the ones then, making it a national like, race. Yeah. Connor
0: Lamb and Doug Jones both spoke to local issues. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know it's not necessarily a special election, but I believe – in November, whenever the uh, transgender female candidate was elected in Virginia,
2: Danica Rome,
0: yeah, Danica Rome. Um, her whole campaign was literally based around one like highway that went through the area. That's why she won, because everyone says, it was like, I don't care about identity politics. I don't care about Republicans versus Democrats. I don't care. This person, Danica Rome wants to help our area. Right. And that's what it's all about. Local politics. Like, I feel like we're the ones making it local.
2: Mhm absolutely and you know there's some of the things you know universal health care or the minimum wage or guns like things that do apply to every part of the country but you when you're running for congress or for any position you need to meet voters where they are and meet them one-on-one and say okay this is how it's going to change your life this is how i can help you yeah. and the other guy is not going to help you yeah right you can't just say oh well nationally we need this okay great uh, a lot of people vote because of national stuff, but a lot of people, and this isn't at all selfish, this is what voting's really supposed to be about, it's just what's best for me. And you can't say, oh, let's ban the certain type of gun if everybody in that area is going to say, <laughs> yeah. no, that's West ridiculous. County, and yeah, then what do like we get? It. We get a Republican. Yeah, people don't want Republicans. And
1: sorry. people, people use the gun issue um, to paint Lamb as like not a progressive or something. But we have to remember that during the 2016 primary, the biggest attack on the most progressive senator in the country, Bernie Sanders, was that he was too weak on gun control. Yeah, yeah, that was actually uh,
0: my mom's probably gonna listen to this. But my mom, <laughs> like she, I remember her. She, over break, she was downstairs and like yelling to my dad because they are both Democrats. Like Connor Lamb's like so pro gun, and I was just like, no, like yeah. it, it's one thing to be like. I guess, pro-gun another thing to be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't ban the AR-15 because that's stupid and would never get
1: passed. Mm-hmm.
2: You can maybe term that pro-Second Amendment. Yeah. But then that's dumb too because mm-hmm. I'm pro-Second Amendment, but I just think right. like many other amendments, um, many other things in the There's Bill of Rights and the Constitution, there are reasonable limitations to enhance yeah. public yeah, safety. <laughs>
0: um, so in terms of what does this mean for the Democratic Party, the one thing I definitely want to say is... So if you look at the Doug Jones race against Roy Moore, now that's really hyped up. That's really big. But the reality is Doug Jones is running against just like the worst person ever. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. Literally. He, he dresses like a weirdo. His politics are bad. He
2: molested Yeah, he was I was going to say, he's like a it.
0: sex offender. Like, he, banned from the local mall. Banned <laughs> from the local mall. <laughs> yeah. He's running against like the worst person ever. Refused to
2: concede. And it's
0: it's important that he won, and it's actually the U.S. senator, so it's very big. But mm-hmm. I think this one speaks even more balance because – so I, I obviously Connor Lambs like he's a handsome hunk, he's young, he's a marine, like he's a great candidate. But Rick Sacone is not necessarily a bad candidate. I think he ran a bad campaign, and a lot of the things he did were like, I guess weak. Like when you think about him, like bringing the pirate parrot in, even though everyone hates the pirates.
2: Yeah.
0: Um But like I don't, I think Saccone's a legitimate candidate, and probably would have won. So I think that's even for speaks, that area, yeah. yeah, for that area, and speaks more bounds that like we beat a real candidate this right. time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doug Jones or. Roy Moore, rather, that was, everybody was focusing on it, not just because it was a special election, but because of how crazy <laughs> it was. Yeah. Now, this one, it's not crazy, it's just special, but we have to remember, in November, there no one's going to yeah. be, everyone's going to be special, but nobody's going to be yeah, special. Yeah, that's what
0: people say about me, I'm not crazy, I'm just special. Um, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, are okay. a very special person. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I guess, do you guys want to talk about compromising? I guess we already talked about compromising in progressive stances. How can we keep the blue wave going? So, like I
2: said, make people vote. Yeah. God. Um,
1: I think there are a few issues that we got to put our foot down on. Um, women's reproductive rights is one of yeah. them. Uh, workers' rights is another. That one's um, really big. Yeah. Especially if you want to take back Trump country.
0: Yeah, the unions are so strong. We need yeah. to appeal to them. Like that's the Democratic Party base, and I guess the '60s and beyond. that. At the end of the day, we can talk about whatever issues, but they're such a large base, and we need to appeal to them as an right?
1: And I think um, universal health care is something that the Democratic Party needs to consider as adopting as their official stand. Yes. A lot um, of people um, have, I think asked, 2020, they're
2: really shifting towards it. Right.
1: I think 2018, you're not going to see, but 2020,
0: I think the Democratic presidential candidate, if not necessarily, I don't know if necessarily you'll see universal health care happen, but, but I think they'll some, support they'll some, some, some kind of like Medicare it. for all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. And I think it's very hard to decide what issues we should compromise on because every, there will always be someone saying, but we can't compromise on them. Right. Yeah, You know, I, Bernie Sanders got some flack for saying that we need to stop playing identity politics. And the way that he was talking about this made it sound like he, women and people of color were not normal Americans who you right. had to appeal to. He was like, you have to think about what rural Americans just typical people think about. It's like, I'm a typical people. I'm a typical yeah. people. It's so all about I'm not. what white
0: men think. Yeah, it's like, I
2: don't care. I'm sorry, but you've had a lo- really long time, guys. It's time yeah. to consider other viewpoints.
0: I, uh, one thing I definitely want to say, though, is I feel like, I don't know if this is a reality, but if you look on Twitter, there's these conservatives, like, I, some conservatives try to paint it as, oh, we ran there's a Republican on the Democratic ticket, and all this other stuff. But then you'll see people like Ben Shapiro, who I love to talk about, um, he, he had this whole tweet story that I think Derek liked and I also liked even though I disagree with it where he said like the Republicans have to make a change and blah blah blah. the Democrats are winning and I feel like he, we at, we as a Democratic Party have to maintain until maybe 2020 or after just keep doing it, we always have to maintain the underdog presence and the idea that every district we run in mm-hmm. if we don't campaign hard if we don't organize we're going to lose yeah. every single time even, even the safest districts yeah. yeah and I think we just can't as a Democratic Party let kind of these voices on that are on the right saying like, oh we're losing or oh well, like you just have to ignore it and pretend absolutely. that pretend that Doug Jones lost and yeah. Connor Lamb lost and all those people yeah. lost and just keep going.
2: You have to pretend the world is literally ending around. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, it, if that motivates. That's you the mindset
1: there. I always have. And if you ask me, it's it's inspiring because this district was what R plus twelve, I think. I think it was R plus sixteen. R plus sixteen. Paul Ryan's, for reference, is R plus four. He's are so running. Many and if races Iron right.
2: there's so many yeah. races that are like you know less places that are less Republican than this one that Democrats right. might be able to win. And, and right. I, if I see, sorry to segue, if Paul Ryan gets voted out, I really don't know how I'll feel yeah. inside. It'll I be, don't be a good feeling, I mean. but I just don't know, like the euphoria. Yeah. It'll be like being high. I
0: actually don't want to say it. is Paul Ryan from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. His primary area is a guy. I know there's two Democratic candidates so who're both good, but the one guy is like. He's the a pretty big Twitter iron stash, pretty big Twitter following. And I don't want to like support him because I'm not from that area. But like, one thing I would say is that uh, like he's the exact type of candidate we need That's to right beat right. Paul Ryan because again, pro labor. He, he appeals. I know we shouldn't say like the average American's a white guy, but this guy appeals to white guys. He's a steel worker. Yeah, I'm saying he's like a strong blue collar family guy. Family guy mustache. The average Wisconsin. Yeah, the average Wisconsiner. Like we need instead of Connor Lamb did that too in a different way, but we need these like strong candidates more than anything else like organizing and everything helps but if you have like a weak candidate who can be attacked
2: mm-hmm. and that speaks to how you know if you look at it even holds for UPA. interestingly enough with like the majors people have outside of the academic colleges and if you look at congress it holds for them too you know who's in congress lawyers 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 yeah. lawyers, lawyers, lawyers lawyers who's in UPUA? And political, science, political science, political, political, science, science, political science. science and i'm I'm on the judicial board of UPUA and I'm an international officer. Everybody's political science. Everybody's political science. Except me. So, in Congress, we need so many more different types of people. We need people who are steel workers, we need activists, we need teachers, we need doctors, scientists, writers, we need all types of people. To relate this back
0: to Penn State, um, we had a discussion, I think, last night with a couple members of the Board of Trustees. Um, the one thing they said is that the board of trustees itself at Penn State is made up of lawyers. It's made up of business people. Mm-hmm. But there's like specific weaknesses where it's like, oh, we need more faculty, or, we need more healthcare, or, we need more different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And right. I think the Congress too needs that because again, you get people like Connor Lamb. He's a Marine. Yeah, he's a prosecutor, but like serving the Marine makes him different. You get a steel worker. Yeah. And I his first name's Randy stash Randy, Randy Bryce. Bryce. Randy Bryce. Like you get a steel worker, you need these people to run. To give a quick shout out in the Illinois primary, uh Marie Newman is running, but she's like a business owner who owns like a restaurant. So like if you get people that rant that aren't necessarily politicians to run, I think you'll see a lot of success. Yeah, when you
2: when there's a certain sort of entity, people whose careers have anything to do with it, they're naturally going naturally gonna to gravitate towards it. If you're an undergraduate at University Park studying political science, you're going to be more likely to join the thing that's as close to Congress as we have yeah. than people of other majors, but we still need to appeal to the broader masses because you get so many more perspectives and life stories and experiences that inform how people think and that, yeah. therefore, will inform the legislation. And, I, and, you know, we also need more women and people of color and people with different um, gender and gender identities and sexual orientations and people who were born here and people who weren't like it needs to be. Congress should be as diverse as the rest of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of us. the
1: biggest barrier to that is just um, the income barrier. That that's um, true. How wealthy you have to be to even have a shot at winning a congressional seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually very funny to uh, give the income barrier and I guess age
0: is. There's a guy from my high school, uh, now goes to Pitt, who's running in my former home district they get in, against, like, this entrenched Republican congressman. And he's probably going to lose because the entrenched Republican congressman is, like, more of a moderate. But nevertheless, I just think that's, like, really interesting. But I think just, like, in general, like, there's certain programs that are not necessarily part of the Democratic Party that are liberal. But it's, uh, what's the one that's, like, w- women run or yes, she can
2: or... There's, yeah, there's, like, there's a few. Oh, what are they called? Never, somebody will know who's listening. Yeah, somebody will
0: be like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Or they'll be like, wow, he doesn't know he's a terrible person. Yeah. Nevertheless. That's true. Um, yeah. Emily's List.
1: Emily's List. There's, there's Emily's
2: list, list, which supports candidate, female candidates, female candidates. And then there's one that trains, oh, my God, Emerge? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, one, that's that's one, one, one of them. That's they've given trainings to some members of What I'm team, saying yeah. is that's
0: what we need is because they find people that aren't traditional political candidates but would still win, that are still incredibly intelligent, incredibly strong. And they tell
2: them how to do it. And they the most come
0: most from people. diverse backgrounds, and that's mm-hmm. just, that's great.
2: Yeah. And it's if you're if you were to ask me how do you register to like run for Congress, I'd be like, I, I don't know. I I don't know how you form a pack or you find a campaign staff. Oh, I know how you form a pack, but that's Okay, not but you have to do that. research for a reason, yeah. <laughs> uh, or ordinary people aren't gonna know. The local yeah. geography teacher isn't gonna know how to do that's that. Right.
0: The restaurant owner is not gonna know. No. The steel worker, iron worker is not gonna
2: but know. But organizations like that who can train you, teach you, point you in the right direction for resources, those are really important.
0: Yeah we have, like, 15 minutes left
1: in the room, so let's talk about walkouts.
2: So, so, yeah, so I don't know how many kids participated. It's got to be in the millions.
1: I think I saw over a million. Over a million, yeah. yeah. But,
2: and so we've talked yeah. about this previously on the podcast in Parkland, Florida. On Valentine's Day, there was a shooting in which 17 people lost their lives. And uh, students at high schools and middle schools and elementary schools I saw across the country had decided they'd had enough of this BS And they organized a walkout yesterday at 10 a.m., correct?
0: Yeah, I believe 10 10 a.m. to 10.17.
2: and they just walked out, and it was glorious. Yeah. So I know my siblings participated, around the block.
1: My
0: sister is an art teacher um, at a charter school in Pittsburgh in, like, Braddock Hills, so it's not the nicest area. Mm -hmm. But uh, she walked out with all of her students, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um,
2: And there were a lot of schools that said if you do this, you'll be – Given detention or suspension, which is Belfont 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 High School, which is calling
0: you out, They give their students detention for it. It's ridiculous. It's 17 minutes. Like I don't even think that's enough time. Like there's one on April 20th, and I don't know if it's still happening anymore, but that's a whole day. Like I think it should have been a whole day, anyways. Like I don't even think 17 minutes is enough, and they're giving people detention for 17 minutes. That's ridiculous.
2: When we, you know, I was reading an interesting NPR article about this. So it was talking about the case Tinker versus Des Moines. Um, back during the Vietnam War, where Mary Beth Tinker was a high school student. I think she was sixteen, and then she wore a black armband to protest Vietnam. Not at all disruptive. A lot of people wouldn't even notice. And they, she was punished for it, so the case... So she fought back, and the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they said, you know, for something like this, the students... It, it, the quote was something along the lines of, "For students and teachers, their right to free speech doesn't stop at the class, at the schoolhouse door." Yeah, and that's true. And this was a slightly different case because they're not just wearing a shirt or an armband; they're leaving. But I have had my school day interrupted for all sorts of stupid uh, stuff. For fire, that doesn't enhance my learning. For like
1: fire
0: drills. The one thing I would say, this is, I guess off top of it, the thing about Tinker Moines, Tinker versus Moines reminds me, is that actually um, two of the students from Parklands. Um, we're wearing similar armbands, and in reference oh to my that, God, and, and then, said then that they the, were all these Nazis. people said they're like they're referencing Nazis, yeah. and Nazis want because to take away na- our guns Nazis too. Didn't invent
2: no, but it's oh ridiculous,
0: and it just shows a lack of because, historical you know, knowledge. They
2: had, it was the one and with the peace sign on there, right? it, right? It's ridiculous. Oh, it makes God. me so
0: mad, and it's like they're not Nazis. And no offense to the average American, but the average American is not educated enough on history to really understand. Right. So I feel like that just it makes you mad because it's propaganda. Yeah. And it's stupid, but there's so many people that are going to be like, whoa, for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, like a lot of the Facebook feeds, or my <laughs> Facebook feed, uh, the people from like Mac in my hometown, um, very rural, very red. Um, there was some brutal stuff in the comments. Yeah. There's, there's they so were tearing bad. the kids
2: apart. And yeah. it's, first they're making fun of them. you
1: are making fun of him because his
0: arms are small. And like me and Derek both have big arms, so you know, we could do that too, but.
2: They made fun of, I saw one post where they were making fun of the girl's appearance, like, it was rough, and there was, you know, as with any major demonstration, there were a couple kids who took advantage of the situation and decided to jump on a police car or break a window or something or other, you know, they weren't there to send a message, they were there to screw around and that's terrible and you shouldn't do that but then people were taking one picture from one high school and they were extrapolating extrapolating for the whole thing and it's no first of all if a kid's doing something don't be so they're a kid you were a kid once too and you made stupid decisions you don't need to be vicious on Twitter but also whether or not you agree they're standing up and using their voice because they would really rather not get shot at at school and this is more of a civics lesson than anything else God. But congratulations to everybody who participated in what was probably for yeah. many of them their very first walkout or okay. protest action. Good think, for you.
1: I think State College did a walkout. State you College know, that did. That one was big. Yeah. That was yeah. covered by like, the it's underground and much
0: publications. It was great. So awesome. Yeah.
2: So, you know.
0: So do, do you guys – I don't want to move the topic away, but do you guys think the walkout will have a major impact on legislation moving forward? Or do you think it will be something that we on the left can say, yes, that's great. Yes, that will do something – but then people on the right will just like kind of ignore it
1: so I think it uh, it's entirely dependent on what happens in November yeah. um, I think that if the Dems retake uh, Congress I think there's a there's a solid shot or at least the best shot in a long time that something happens um, I think that you have some Dems that are like weaker on gun laws but I think that they're much more persuadable than the Republicans that are bought. And many of them will the just
2: vote with the rest of the party right. anyway, because they know that even if they don't fully agree with what's happening, it's better to have that than to have nothing. And yeah. they don't want a bill to build a sale because they were a little picky. And
0: rich. the thing about November two is if there's a massive blue wave, people that are even on the right will start to get nervous and start to recognize, Hey, if I don't become a little bit more moderate, I'm just going to get voted out like all the other people did. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that psychologically messed them up because the reason why Republicans, especially senators who were in there for six years,
2: mm-hmm.
0: now can just ignore all this stuff and ignore legislation, ignore DACA, ignore CHIP, ignore whatever else, like is because they know or they think or they used to think the United States in 2016 is so far right. We have every single branch of government under our control. There's no way they can touch us. We can do whatever we want conservatively.
2: Mm-hmm. And we need to, you know, we need to make them more afraid of not supporting gun control than they are of supporting gun control. Yeah, like, they right. they are so scared of not just the NRA, but they're scared of people who vote Based on what their stance on guns are, but you know, I think this protest, this protest is not going to make Donald Trump sign an amazing piece of national no, legislation. Absolutely. Well, even if he
0: wanted to, somebody would just briefly talk to him for two and seconds, and he would time. just change his mind.
2: But it's a reminder that these people are going to start turning eighteen next year, in a few months, yeah. the next several years, and bye bye Republicans, unless yeah. they are able to reach a compromise on this.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. Um, if you look at history for movements like this, this is always when it starts to become clear that we're on the right side of history and that eventually yeah. something will be done about it. I'm this. just mad because I feel like the high school students
0: will get all the credit in the history books. Right. Like, high school students walked out and we we're college students and we don't get anything.
2: I was at work, so I couldn't have walked out even if I...
0: I don't have class. I do not have class. Yeah, I have class. For that, that's it's the like, only hour I... Actually, I did walk out, technically, because mm-hmm. my class ended at 10, and my next one started at, like, 11. I so, could yeah. have
2: gone to stand outside for 17 minutes, but then I would have just been a silly girl right. on the sidewalk all by myself. There was one boy at a school in New Jersey who was all alone school, was all alone because his high school threatened to suspend people, and he was brave, and I He's loved right.
0: him. There's all these rules. tweets underneath him that said, like, I'm with you, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's, he was really funny, though, when he was talking about I'm the only one out. So yeah. like, what he was saying was, like, really funny. I think it's one of those things where – I guess this is slightly off topic, too, but it's one of those things where if any, like if, if I had just walked out alone, it would be stupid and nobody would care. But Whenever you have the right person, walk out alone – and they can make a video and they go viral with it. Like, that's really cool.
2: Yeah. Right? Shame on those schools who are suspending people. Yeah. They, they might face some legal trouble. This Absolutely. would be a tougher case yeah, I'm saying than, like, armbands. But this, if you were smart, you would just let it happen.
0: And the thing is, it's it's super politically motivated to suspend students from missing class for 17 minutes. For sure. Yeah. Like, you, if you're neutral, just, like, let them walk out. doesn't matter. Like, it's stupid.
2: Yeah. And, you know, some conservatives said, okay, what if these students were walking out in support of a conservative issue? Like, if it was a pro-life walkout. Okay. Then you're doing yeah. You're doing a walk. I still think that's yeah. cool. You're doing a walkout. It's, you know, you can't criticize the kids just because their stuff doesn't line up with you. And there are all these ridiculous comments saying, these kids don't know what they're talking about. They're too young for this. And it's like, but they get to sign up for the military when they're 18. They get yeah. a gun when they're 18. They can do all sorts of crazy stuff when they're 18. But they can't have an opinion about this. They have, they have access to the internet like the rest of us do. And they can educate and inform themselves. Maybe not all of them were educated. As I said, there were some kids literally... I, I think it's
0: anti-American and anti-democratic to think you have to be necessarily 100 yeah. percent educated on every yeah. issue to vote. Right. Like our country, well, necessarily, it wasn't founded on this because only for a very long time only white men who own property could vote. Yeah. But at this point, like it's founded on the belief that even if you're not educated, you should still have a Your voice. Your vote still
2: matters. Yeah,
1: and you can't you can't argue about uh, conservative speech being suppressed on college campuses. And then <laughs> these kids, I hate for walking yeah. out. It's so hypocritical. Just pick one,
2: and you know. It. We have the one of the more uneducated people on the planet in, as president. So, yes. and yeah. that's not like trying to disagree with Tom, saying like yeah. you can't tell people who aren't informed that they can't vote. And we have an <laughs> well, not only that. If you Biden. look
0: at Donald Trump's quote unquote base, his whole point is that the liberals are coastal elites and they're all really smart, and, and that his it doesn't matter if you're uneducated or whatever. He loves the uneducated. Yeah, he, he is. Oh my
2: god, a terrible but, yeah. like, the median income of a Trump voter, $70,000 a year. Oh, yeah. In much Not of this sure. country, that is, that is a good that's a yeah. good amount of money.
0: Yeah. I wish I had $70,000 a I year.
2: A I wish to God I had $70,000. Like, I hope I
1: do. Yeah. My favorite thing in the whole, the whole Trump saga on guns is when the dude, like, the NRA has been talking about for so long that Obama's just coming to take our guns <laughs> with no due process or anything. And Donald Trump actually suggests <laughs> doing due process after you take the guns.
2: And Senator you, Feinstein flipped. And yeah, you don't
1: hear anything. And there's two options. And the one is that they're hypocrites. And when their guy says that they're okay with it, or two, they know that he's not that bright. Yeah. And they know that he's going to just reverse his position in 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is terrible. I think the smarter ones know he's not that bright. And I think, like, whenever
0: you only watch Fox News, you only read conservative papers, they just gloss over that. Right. They don't mention it happening. Yeah. All they, all they do. <laughs> Is have Donald Trump, like, I, I believe the story was Donald Trump standing up to, like, Pat Toomey or something because, and then they'll show that. And, like, see,
1: Donald Trump doesn't like what, I uh, don't um, There's that study that shows that um, people that exclusively watch Fox News are generally less educated on the issues than people that don't watch news at all. And I saw a tweet today that said that there's no better proof for that than the president of the United States. <laughs>
2: He's terrible. He's terrible in every possible way. He's a horrible person. That's what I, so I think.
1: It's like a what's the word,
2: cacistocracy,
0: where it's literally ruled by the dumbest or people or worst people. Yeah, which is the literally most what's corrupt,
2: happening. the most incompetent. Yeah, the most unethical.
0: Yeah, Mike Pompeo, you're you're part of it now. Congrats. Welcome. Buddy.
1: And uh, who's the?
0: Uh, Betsy, the, she
2: participated in torture. So, yeah. so did
0: Rick Ciccone. Like, going back to Connor Lamb, he was a, he? A, he was an FBI guy. He was in North Korea. He was yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he was, was a big tort yeah or CIA whatever he was. He was a big torture guy.
2: Mm-hmm. That's terrible.
0: Back to the
1: discussion. Um, um, I want to say one more thing about uh, Gina. How do you say her name, Gina Haskell?
2: I think it's Haskell. Yeah, probably yeah, Haskell. She
1: ran um, black sites. In Thailand. Carter. Yeah, where she where she would torture people. It and didn't work,
2: guys. It did yeah, not work. Yeah. And she tortured people who weren't even big guests. Right. Like people who didn't really have that they weren't very high up in the terrorist yeah. organization or they didn't have very interesting information and she still tortured them.
1: Yeah. I mean she questioners a person, it's kinda of gross. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it has led to torture being the debate of like the day and which Liz, is so easy. Yeah. And John McCain's just sitting over here like that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Liz Cheney, who's oh Dick's daughter. Um, is somehow a worse person than her dad and is lecturing John McCain on torture. Yeah. On Twitter. So. I
2: think he, he, he'd he been there for like five years. And it wasn't yesterday the anniversary of his release for yeah. the day before. God bless him. God.
1: I think you put up a picture of like he, him getting off the... Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And there was a photo of him in line. Gosh. Poor guy.
0: Wow. We're really going to end this on uh, praising John McCain. Okay.
2: I hope he's feeling okay.
0: Yeah. He's you doing good. the healthcare vote. Right? Yeah. Dude, no, my thing about John McCain is crazy. It's like, not to say, oh, he's still alive, but wow, he's still alive. A good lot of people him. were not giving him many months yeah, to live. Yeah, good
2: for him. He is, he is such a fighter. He's kind of yeah. kicking cancer's ass, and it's really admirable, especially at his age and with all yeah. these other. He's busy. He's got yeah. things to do. I mean, and when, when, when you're
0: wealthy ass. and state provided healthcare, you have state-provided health care, it's Tom. a
2: little easier.
0: But <laughs> Tom, That's why we should give everybody We should give butt. everybody John McCain's health care. Sure, we and sure. then everyone can but kick cancer's butt. butt.
2: And I'm very happy for him, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that he was there at his daughter's wedding recently. It's all very nice. Yes. He and his wife are very cute. So on, on
0: that note, this room is no longer ours in a minute.
2: Yeah, I guess not. So we are gonna head out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you listened all the way through, that's ridiculous. And thank- also, we're so
2: sorry for the end. Been and, and, off track. And
0: thank you also. Like, if we got like a really loud roaring response to our first podcast, which I if, I don't know if you heard O'Neill say it on the last one, but like we don't really expect anybody to listen to this. So the fact that some people did is pretty crazy. So yeah, thank like you five for-
2: people. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thanks for that. Um, have a good day. Don't forget to rate it. Yeah, don't forget to rate, rate it. Please rate it. Also, don't forget to register to vote if you haven't. Register locally. There's
2: no shame in not being registered. There's just shame in not ever
0: registering. Or not voting. Or
2: not voting. There's some shame in that. Sorry.
0: Okay. And with that, we are done. Have a great day again.
2: And have a good St. Patrick's Day on Saturday.
0: Be safe. This, Please be this safe. is going to be uploaded after St. Patrick's
2: Day.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> I hope you had a good one. Yeah. And that I hope is,
2: you were safe. Okay. <laughs>